Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Uh, Chris? Yes, don't sir, put him on, you're going to play his open. Uh, do we have him? Yeah, go ahead. Fire is open if you don't mind. Do you have that? We're going to walk Chris through this. It's on the segment opens page. Got to give our uh, sponsor their due. Plus, Christian spent such a long time putting it open together. So good. Bill Turner, Turner open, one of my favorites. Looking, puff, throws down cool. the middle. Touchdown, Arkansas! Oh, my! Clint Turner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Turner throws, With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Turner, very confident. Throwing down the middle. This Clint Turner is putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com. Play fake. Turner steps out of trouble. Wow. Let's do it. Let's bring in Mr. Sterner now. All right. I think he's on. Hello, Clint. How are you? Fellas got a uh, my Astros got a two zero lead on his Yankees. Now I'm doing I'm doing well. It's it, uh, it is a good day. And, and by the way, the Texans are on a bye week, so it is a good uh, day and a good week to be in the radio business in the state of Texas. That's for damn sure. All is well. How you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm concerned about Andy Dalton. I don't know if he's on suicide watch today, but man, back-to-back pick sixes—that's got to be some kind of record, Clint. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, 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 I saw the score swing in a hurry like that. I mean, one of them clearly wasn't his fault. I mean, it, it, I mean, he hit the guy right in the face mask, right. and it bounced up in the air, and, and defense took it to the house. So, um, you know, he can lean on that. But, but when it's all said and done, well, what, what a what a mess that is. You got Andy Dalton throwing picks on the offensive side of the football without. Without, uh, I mean, hell, without a top two target, they, they, they still score a few points, but they just can't get out of their own way. And then you look across the field and you got Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury dog cussing each other on the sidelines. I mean, the, the joy has been, has been, I mean, just sucked out of the building in Arizona. I, I don't know how long those two new contracts in terms of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I don't know how long they're going to coexist, man. That's going to be interesting to watch that thing close. Yeah, that seemed very out of the ordinary, even for, like, you know, highly competitive people. I mean, that didn't look right, you know. How strange is that? Do you ever see a guy get into it with his head coach like that? You see position coaches and guys get into it on occasion. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, I got into it with most of my head coaches. Not not quite not quite calm that down, calm that down on national TV, kind of get into. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, I think it's pretty common. Here's the interesting thing about Kyler Murray. I, I've talked to a lot of people over the last, I don't know, month about what's going on. And, and really, it's been more than a month, I guess, since the whole the whole contract included the clause that, that required him to watch film, which, by the way, there clearly is some truth to that. I, I don't buy the, the the organization paid a guy $200-plus million and, and, then, and then tried to embarrass him to the nines with the, with the, the verbiage in the contract. I mean, that's plumb silly. There, there has to be some truth to – um, you know what what's going on in in Arizona with Cliff King uh, with Kyler Murray here? There has to be something um, causing this kind of this kind of these kind of problems. I mean, you're talking about a, you're talking about a quarterback and a coach that were married 
number one overall pick and a coach that was hired ultimately in buried because of their air raid background, guys. Um, it, it just seems like this is a disaster waiting to happen. I've I, I talked to a lot of people, and they said that Kyler Murray's got a headset on, got a hoodie on, walks in the building, doesn't take his headset off, doesn't take his sunglasses off, sits down in his locker, faces his locker inward, and if anybody wants to talk to him, they've got to come over there and get his attention. That's literally his approach on a daily basis in, in Arizona. So um, it, it's interesting how this thing's going to unfold with, with two new contracts on the table. Boy, that's a bummer. That's that's unfortunate how it gets to that point. By the way, i got to give Dalton a little credit. He was 30-47, 361, four touchdowns, so he did have some moments. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys. Dak comes back this week. How much do you lose? I know. Well, listen, it's a bye week for the football team. We could grind through Arkansas if we want to and talk about it, but we already kind of broke it down. Um, how much did, does the timing get off? Uh, how much do you think his performance will be sort of not? Rusty. Well, well, yeah, rusty. That's a good question. That's a better way to say it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Well, look, I, I think it's, I mean, for me, it's, it, it depends on how Kellen Moore approaches this thing offensively. I mean, that is the elephant in the room with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I mean, say what you want about Cooper Rush. There was an adjustment offensively, and that adjustment um, was, was very productive, and, and, and they had a lot of success with it. Um, everybody wanted to talk about how the, the caliber of opponent wasn't as good as everybody thought it was, and kind of minimized what Cooper Rush was able to do as a starter. Well, now... You're sitting there, and the Giants are one of what is it? One of four or five teams in the NFC that are above 500. Um, you had a chance late in that Philly game, or in the second half of that Philly game, to, to possibly make a little bit of noise versus the best team in football right now. And so, look, the elephant in the room is just Kellen Moore and Dak. This is not on Kellen Moore. Look, I mean, Dak Prescott is, is as much responsible for what they do offensively as Kellen Moore is. So, the question is: Is do they go back to? You know, throwing the ball early and often and, and trying to be uber-aggressive and have this vertical passing attack based off of just putting your quarterback in gun and slinging it around, not based off of forcing the defense to, to play you at the line of scrimmage and to play your, your run game, or, or do they stick to what they've had success with recently? I, I think that's the question, and, and it, it's going to be – it's going to be the answer, or I guess it's going to be, you know, your question of is he well if they run the football or attempt to run the football, if they have a rather conservative pass game until the game dictates that you need to be aggressive, then I think Dak will be fine. If you go out there and you fall into this, oh, we're going to be aggressive early and try to get a lead, or we're going to go out there and we're going to put ourselves in a situation where we potentially throw the ball fifty times in the game and, and not have the game dictate that, just go out there and get past that, then I think you could see a Dak that's rusty. I think you could see a Dak that potentially could, could re-injure a hand, uh, put himself at risk more often than he should. So I, I think this, this leans on what, what Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore decide to do offensively from a scheme perspective and, and anything similar to what Cooper Brown was doing. Now, let me ask you about uh, – let's fix, flip over to some other teams in the NFC, and I want to talk about a couple that have issues – uh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are still one of the favorites, the Green Bay Packers, who have a more significant number of issues, and then I want to talk about the Eagles, too, who you know obviously haven't had any real serious problems just yet. But let me start with the two that had high expectations with high-level quarterbacks, um, and, and do you see either one of those teams kind of getting back to form potentially? Uh, yeah, are you talking about Green Bay and, and Tampa? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, I mean, for, okay, so for me, at Tampa, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the smoke around Tampa Bay, right now Tom Brady yelling at his offensive line, 
I think is an absolute joke. I, I thought it was silly when everybody was ranting and raving about it. I understand that us in the media, we, we, we get to talk about it and have a little fun with it, but I, I think when you get to a point where you start questioning Tom Brady's leadership and you start questioning Tom Brady's impact on, on this football team from, from Brian being the greatest of all time, I, I mean, and, and his in-game antics or whatever, I, I think that's taking it too far. I, yesterday we heard from, uh, and, and the kid's name slipped in my mind, Robert Hainsey, uh, the, the center for the Buccaneers that, that was in the middle of, of Tom Brady's uh, cussing, and he said, look, that's what I want my leader to do, man. I, I want my leader to push us. I don't want him sitting over there staring at an iPad and, and, and not responding to the adversity that we're in. So ultimately, I, I believe that, that Tampa's got to overcome some injuries. The question is, can they overcome the injuries up front um, by the time the, the games that matter hit, and, and can they survive long enough to, to get into the playoffs? And if they do and they're healthy, then all of a sudden you got a you got a Super Bowl contender, no question about it. I think Tampa will ultimately end up being fine. I, I said this from the jump with Green Bay, Justin. I, look, I think you don't take away uh, arguably the best receiver in the game. Um, you, you don't take away a guy that catches the back shoulder and has got great chemistry with one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. You don't you don't take away a guy that is a coverage dictating. Say, uh, receiver in this league. You don't take away a guy that is, is arguably the best man-to-man beating wide receiver in this in this league. You don't take that guy away from an offense and go, oh no, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. They, you know, they 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 got some. They drafted two guys. They they brought in such and such. Randall Cobb is back. Nah, nah, partner. You, you don't you don't you don't lose that kind of player and and make a seamless transition. I, I think I, I said it from the jump. I think Green Bay takes a huge step back. Um, I, I think that was a little bit of a gutsy prediction because that means that Minnesota would have would have been would have been the team to to take over that that conference, knowing that or, or that division, knowing that Chicago and Detroit weren't going to do anything. But it looks like that's exactly what, what's happened so far. So um, I, I've been down on Green Bay from jump, and, and I'm, I'm down on I've been down on Kansas City from jump, and so we'll see how this NFL season unfolds. But I think in the NFC, those two those two teams, one of them right the ship, the other one's in trouble. Clint Sterner with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Clint, what's what's going on today in the AM quarterback situation this week when they go to South Carolina tomorrow night? Well, look, it's Haynes King's job, man. I mean, I, I think when you look at when you look at at uh, the improvement that I think he and Jimbo made uh, against Alabama, um, you know, I, I think it's hard to ignore that. Now, it's still a it's still a, a a work in progress. It's still one of the most interesting stories in college football. An offensive-minded head coach is making nine plus billion dollars a year. That's supposed to be a great quarterback developer. Can't find a quarterback. Can't get his offense any rhythm and can't score points. So I still think one of the bigger stories in college football, if there is one, about a team that's five hundred or, or, or damn near five hundred. Um, it, it is. I, I, it's Haynes King's team. I think they're better. I don't know that they can outscore the South Carolina Gamecocks. I think when you look at what South Carolina's doing, they're up and down football team that, that might get skull drug one week, and then they might they might uh, compete with somebody they shouldn't the next week. They are scoring thirty three plus points a game, and if you look at A and M, the question is: Is does this offense have the ability to go out and keep up with thirty plus points a game? I don't think they do. I like South Carolina in Columbia in this ball game. I, I think there's. I, I think I asked a question. I asked this early. And I, now I was somewhat. My producer every day here is an Aggie, and he he is through and through Aggie now, and so I give him a hard time. But I, I, I asked this it was right after the Arkansas game. I said, "Guys, does A and M get to bowl eligible?" And they laughed at me. They you know, they, they they thought it was real funny, and they go out there and lose to Mississippi State, and 
and, and you know, then they lose to Alabama, and then you look up and you got a bye week, and now you got to go to South Carolina, who's not your typical, you know, cellar dweller South Carolina. They're a little better than I think than than, than most years. So um, we sit here now, three weeks later, and I'm telling you, A&M's in trouble of being bowl eligible. They got one, they got one layup left on their on their schedule. That'll get them to four wins. The other two wins going to be they're going to be hard to come by. Wow, that's uh, that's serious. Talking to Clint Turner, thanks to Motorsports Authority. We've got 30 seconds left. We've been debating this game all week. Ole Miss, LSU, in Baton Rouge, 2.30 kick. Give me the give me the outcome. Well, look, I, I, I like Ole Miss in this ballgame. Like what Lane Kiffin is doing at, at Ole Miss right now, I think it's more impressive than, than what he's done in the past. He's always had a quarterback who's been able to put the team on his shoulder and go win ball games. Right now he's doing it through the run game. They're playing better defense. Uh, Lane Kiffin is just proven he, he's earning every dollar that he's making at Ole Miss right now. No question about it. Um, got his team in position to possibly challenge uh, Alabama when it comes time for for an SEC West title. And look, I was dead wrong on on, on Brian Kelly in, in LSU. I, I thought he'd have a hard time turning turning the corner with this group, but he's got these guys playing a lot better than I thought they were. I do think they end up struggling at the year's end when we look back at LSU. I don't think it's a, an overall good season. But, but, boy, he's, he's made me eat crow already, if I'm being completely honest. I like Ole Miss in this ballgame, but, but not by as big a margin as I would have, would have, would have bet this ballgame by a month ago. Okay. Well, they're catching points, so we don't need them to win by much. I'm just curious because it's been debated all week and <laughs> heard some compelling arguments both ways. I think I've been talked into Ole Miss. So I'm just trying to, trying to make a few bucks, day put game, some food on the table, Clint. Good, you know, no big deal. Game. Day yep. game, the lights won't yep. be on. I like that. And, uh, it, it, the lights won't be on until the fourth quarter, so I think you get a little bit of an advantage there if you're old. Yeah, we know the only thing lit up down there would be the LSU fans. <laughs> and me if I was there, baby, no question. Too soon. <laughs> you, same. All right, brother, appreciate you. Have a good weekend. All right, be good, man.